Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Hey Cat. Hey Moose. How are you today? Oh my gosh, I feel like I am hanging on by the thinnest of threads. Well, you can't beat my meeting with my therapist this week. <laughs> Luckily, I haven't seen my therapist this week. So go <laughs> ahead. Beat me at it. What happened? Oh, I've just hit the pinnacle of all therapy. Um, for those who live in Tennessee, you'll appreciate this. And I'll explain to those who aren't. But my therapist made the suggestion that I go to onsite here in Nashville uh, for a therapeutic getaway <laughs> otherwise known as lock you in jail and shake you up until your emotions come out of your nose <laughs> amazing so is this like rehab yeah it feels like it well i told you and sarah i was like oh <laughs> like there was like a moment where i was like oh i've made it like <laughs> i've officially had a nervous breakdown <laughs> So there's part of me that had that. And then I was like, wow, like onsite and onsite is amazing. For those of you who don't know what it is, go check it out. It's awesome. They have everything from like one week, um, intensives to 90 days that you can go and, and figure your life out. And, um, and I'd love to go if it wasn't expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a pretty it's a pretty pricey undertaking as I as I understand it. And what out of out of like genuine curiosity, like why do you think your therapist recommended that? Like I know it's like oh you're you know it, it's a hard time right now and stuff like that. But like what do you think that that her hopes are of you taking that on? Oh, you know, so there's this thing called burnout, which before <laughs> this week, I sort of thought burnout was like, oh, well, you hate your job. And that's not at all what it is. I've been doing tons and tons of research. And um, it's basically like where emotionally you've kind of kept going, kept going for however many times. And uh, eventually your body starts going, we're not going anymore. Um so, you know, I've, I, I, here's the thing. I wish I could raise my hand and say, this one thing is really hard and it's the root of it, but, um, it's not my job. It's not my personal life. Apparently it's old stuff that I have to go sort of stir up and I don't know. Is it like the exorcist where you just puke it up? <laughs> Or it's like this show that that I've been watching on Netflix that I really have been wanting to tell you about. It's called. Oh, I started watching it. Oh, did you? So, you know, then what ectoplasm is. No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't gotten to that yet. But please tell us what you learned so far. So, first of all, you told me the wrong name. You said it was life after death. Oh, is that not it? No, it's called after death. Or something. <laughs> oh, it's called life after Hold death, on. like I thought. No, it's not. <laughs> it's called surviving death, is what it's called. Oh, surviving death. Well, again, you come here for the facts and figures, the Cat and Moose <laughs> podcast. Um, surviving death on Netflix. So, so you have, how far have you gotten? Uh, I watched one and a half episodes, but it's it's starting to get weird. You're right. After the first episode. <laughs> I'm like, what am I watching? But I'm I'm into it. I just fell asleep. It, it's just <laughs> I'm into it, but I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> 
Remember, I'm going through a midlife crisis, so <laughs> I'm allowed to let my body do what it naturally needs to do. Yes. And that could be taken a lot of different ways. You're in burnout and you're watching a show called Surviving Death. It sounds like you're on a great path. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's by your recommendation. So we're all screwed. Well, I, I was going to watch something else the other night and I was just kind of it, when I turned on my TV, like this was the first thing that was up on the screen on Netflix. And I was like, surviving death. Like, what is this about? And um, and it basically it, it sold itself as a show or a series or documentary about um, near death experiences. And I was like, well, that's really interesting to me. Always has been. I've read a couple of books on it years ago and, and things like that. And so I thought, well, cool, I'm just going to watch this. And so it chronicled several different people's, um, what I learned, uh, the cool people say are NDEs. Um, so it chronicles these people's NDEs, which I thought was really cool. And then yeah. you get into episode two and all of a sudden we're at this like castle in the Netherlands with this lady who claims to be a physical medium and she has mediumship retreats. So it's yeah. like leadership retreats, but for mediums. Okay. And yeah. so she has these retreats and these people sit around and basically learn how to become better mediums. And I'm not, I have no problem with that. I think it's really cool. I think the idea of being a psychic or a medium or someone who is prophetic, hears words from the Lord or from the other world or any of that, I'm fine with all of that. Um, this particular part of this series just takes it a little bit in a weird direction. And I don't know if, if, if I believe it or not. <laughs> well, I, I definitely believe that people have access to psychic abilities. Yes. I um, do too. But I also think there's a lot of people within that world that can take advantage of people who are grieving a lost loved one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at one point in the show, they were like, yeah, I mean, that one. Do you remember the guy whose dad died? Yes. And he was like a skeptic yes. of mediums. Mm -hmm. And he was like, look, I came. I want to connect with my dad if I mm -hmm. can, but I'm not sure if I believe in this. And then he even said at one point, like, if they're like, is there somebody with the name Jay, John? He's like, yeah, of course, there's probably someone named John in my family. <laughs> um, but he did feel like that um, that woman that taught the class really did pull something from his father. Yeah. And, and, and because I think he said to his dad, he said, dad, if it's really you have her mention my hair. Yeah. And yeah, and right. so, you know, so one of the mediums says um, right as they were kind of wrapping up the session, the, the medium says, um, your dad wants me to ask you if if it's important to you that I say something about your hair. And so it's like, oh, my gosh, like that's something you can't plan. You can't find it on Facebook. You can't read it in an obituary. So that really made the guy a, a believer. And then when he went to the place in the Netherlands with the lady who I really have a lot of questions about, um, she's the one who introduced me to ectoplasm, which is basically a manifestation of something from the spirit world that comes out of the body of the medium, which is super. Wait, 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 wait. Right. I clearly fell asleep before that. <laughs> happened. I don't know if I'm going to ruin it for you then. Well, that's okay. No, ruin it. Because what in the heck? 
Yeah, so basically it's like fog and smoke and, and like a smoke machine comes out of the medium's nose and mouth. And she said any orifice of the body. And so she said, you know, this this um, matter can come out of the eyes, the nose, the mouth, the ears, the belly button. And then she says, and other orifices I won't mention. Wait a minute. Yeah. So something physical comes out? Yeah, something physical comes out of the medium. And the way that they describe it is that it's got the texture of cheesecloth. And that cheesecloth comes, the ectoplasm comes out of the medium and it begins to take form of something that's in the spirit realm. So it might be a figure, it might be a hand, it might be a pair of pliers, you know, what, whatever it is that wants to show itself from the spirit world. And apparently when the ectoplasm comes out of the medium, um, it is something that is very physically distressing to the medium's body to the point that, it, that it's actually quite painful and, and all of this. And so um, it, it really, and, and again, are I we talking be so- like a three by three size cheesecloth or what are we talking about we're talking about you know like i picture you know how the magicians pull like a scarf out of your hand <laughs> like is it like because <laughs> that would be painful if you were pouring, pulling that out of a certain orifice yeah well i think that would be painful coming out of any orifice if you think about it it might be a little stinky coming out of a particular one. Oh my gosh <laughs> so yeah so it it really um it it kind of reminds me of like it, it looks like something between snot and smoke that comes yeah. out of the medium's orifices and and it's it's thick enough in space that it it actually can take form um here's the thing that makes it a little bit less believable for me is that this can't happen on camera and it also can't happen with any light there can't be any light in the room and the medium has to be in a dark completely enclosed space where no one can see the medium. That's the only time the ectoplasm is going to show up. Are they ever going to show it on like a Petri dish and be like, see? That's one of the big questions. So it's like Bigfoot. <laughs> exactly. So in case in case you're wondering, we are sponsored by Surviving Death and are trying to convince you to watch it. Just kidding. We are not. It's one of the most horrible documentaries I've ever watched. And it's so bad that I have to keep watching. Like I'm going to watch oh, I was the entire say, series. Have you kept watching? Oh, yeah. 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 I got through episode three last night and just howled at times. It was amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to watch it. Uh, So Leslie wrote in on Instagram, and I know you haven't seen this, so I'll share it with you. (laughs) Um, She said the part of the last episode for me actually gave me good vibe chills was when you both sang I'm Alive. And we know Leslie's from Canada, so I can appreciate this. So again, that might be on Sarah for finding the karaoke version, but making sure it was the same notes as your voices that shit wasn't easy. <laughs> so I wrote her back and said, just if you if you did hear anything out of key, that's all Sarah's fault and that she should have changed the key for us. And uh, she, you know, with as we're recording, the inauguration just happened. And she said, congrats on your four year Vegas bender being over. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. We love you, Leslie. Thank you for being one of our faithful Canadian listeners, along with Jan and Jackie and Joni and Jody. We have a lot of J's up in Canada. 
We got some J's. That means you're a medium. You knew it. It was a J. <laughs> I mean, I've got ectoplasm coming out of my nose as we speak. <laughs> Gross. Okay, so we've talked a lot about like, you know, during my breakdowns, um, what are the things that like keeps me, you know, kind of going during COVID, you know? And honestly, I have this new neighborhood that, you know, the houses are still being built. It's in like phase three. And there's this gentleman that's on my street and he's like this Italian guy. And when I say Italian, I mean like old school Italian. Mm -hmm. Like this guy, uh, he literally is from Italy. Anyway, he walks by the house every single day and my office is in the front of the house. So I always wave at him because he's the sweetest old man. And I think he's just bored, but he always wears like a full fancy suit. I'm talking three piece suit with a vest and everything. Wow. And shined shoes. And he goes for a walk and we're in like a construction zone. So I'm always like, hmm, one day I'm going to ask him. And so I just told him the other day, I was like, you look so sharp all the time. And I was like, what's that about? And he said, uh, these clothes, they call to me from the closet to be worn. So I take them on walks. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So sweet. And I just think it's amazing that every day I think he's retired and he gets up, he puts on his suit and he goes for a walk around the neighborhood and just waves at everyone. Well, it sounds to me like every day he gets up and has a conversation with his clothes. Well, good for him because I need... You know what I need is I need some clothes that aren't stretchy to call my name to come out of the closet. <laughs> and all I can handle is the stretchy ones calling my name because it's all I can fit into. Oh, my gosh. I used to have, you know, one or two pairs of jeans I felt really good in. And the rest, I just was like, you just suffer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, those two now, like they're still they still fit. Thank goodness. But like. They're just uncomfortable because I'm used to wearing yoga pants everywhere. I know. I'm used to wearing sweatpants and, you know, my famous James Purse pants that I love so much. I mean, I I wear those pants like 99% of the time. And I had to go on a a little road trip with one of our clients this week. And I had to look like a, a person that's actually seen the outdoors. And so I put on a pair of jeans. And when I got back, I was convinced I had a bruise around my waistline from wearing those jeans. Why? They were tight? (laughs) They were just really, really tight. It's like you said, they still fit, thank God, but they were really, really snug. (laughs) That's amazing. So since I have embarked on this 90 days of sobriety, I have lost almost nine pounds. Are you kidding me? I am not jealous. Well, I would say stop drinking, but you've been sober for six years. (laughs) (laughs) I did find out something very exciting today. What? And that's that I have a thyroid issue. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to help with weight loss like a thyroid issue. What's wrong with you? Well, I, I, you know, I was I was diagnosed young as hypothyroid. And then somewhere along the way, some doctor was like, no, you're good. And then I found out later, like, no, you don't just. All of a sudden, not have a thyroid <laughs> you, issue. You don't outgrow and it. So every time they would test my blood, it would just be a little bit off, not not completely. So they didn't want to put me on medication. And I basically went into my doctor last week and I put my hands around her neck and I basically said, <laughs> I know I'm not six feet away, but if you don't figure out why this weight isn't coming off. <laughs> and so she politely offered to give me a blood test. And therefore, 
I have gotten the fantastic news that I get a pill that might help me lose this weight. <laughs> That's awesome. And I do have a bit of a news alert for you. She's the one that called your therapist. <laughs> She's sending me to onsite. <laughs> I mean, you did just admit to wrapping your hands around her neck. Figuratively. <laughs> I was thinking maybe you hugged her. <laughs> No, I hugged her after I found out. So you are struggling with some form of hypothyroidism and you get to take a pill that is going to help correct the hypothyroidism and also potentially cause you to lose weight? Sure. Oh, well, amazing. I would love to invite you into the Cool Kids Club and get you to start using Ozempic. Oh. Um, okay, so there is a profile on Instagram that I need everyone listening to go follow. What is it? Well, since I've had this breakdown, which, by the way, is a great excuse for anything I forget or anything I've not <laughs> done completely well because I get to blame it on brain fog and all these other things. But it is called Tiny Kitchen. And I know so many of you already follow this this page, but... You have to follow them, guys. It is the most adorable, cutest thing you have ever seen in your entire life. And it's basically just a it's them with tiny little things cooking in a real kitchen that is tiny. So they're like slicing an onion and they make like a casserole. But the casserole is like one inch big. OK, that makes no sense to me. So is this basically like tiny kitchens inside of tiny houses that have tiny utensils that are inhabited by tiny people? No, it's just because people like me are obsessed with weird things. And <laughs> it's like those ASMR videos. People want to watch them. Have you looked at it? No, I haven't looked at it. Pull it up. It's tiny kitchen by taste made to Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got that part. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world okay see i don't understand this i this doesn't okay. make any sense to me why it doesn't fascinate you at all that they can make a tiny lasagna with little butter and little are you watching the latest one i'm, I'm looking at all of them and here's what i don't understand is why would you spend all this time making these tiny little things that are only like one bite because it's creative and people love tiny things Nah. Nah. Okay, you gotta give it a shot, man. It's I'm obsessed with it. I think it's adorable. You just you need to go check yourself before you <laughs> wreck yourself. So I'm looking at this gingerbread house, and the gingerbread house is like the size of my pinky. Which I mean, I guess that's cute, but you know, I I wasn't one of those girls that played with dolls either. No, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For what it's worth, I wasn't either. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still obsessed with tiny things. So follow Tiny Kitchens on Instagram and be a friend of Moose. I, I can't believe you don't think this is cool. It's upsetting. I don't want to upset you. I just don't get it. Like, I just don't know why people like the, Like one of the one of the videos is of a spinach dip bowl. It's like a bread bowl with spinach dip in it. And it's like the size of my thumb. Yeah, it's just adorable. Like, I think you uh, like you need to go to onsite with me and find <laughs> your 
inner child who enjoys this because right now you're just like this is stupid and i hate small things (laughs) hey guess what if i ate that lasagna that was the size of the end of my pinky i'd be doing a lot better wouldn't need this thyroid medicine i was gonna say and if i could become fascinated with tiny things instead of oversized portions i'd be doing great too (laughs) so have you um like looked at a tongue map lately (laughs) i'm sorry a what (laughs) a tongue map a a tongue map a tongue map map like a map of the human tongue yes i can't say that i have <laughs> <laughs> I could. well i just found one and i'd love to tell you about it oh, that um, sounds disgusting did you know that this tongue map idea that the front is you know the bitter or whatever and the back is the this and that do you know that's a misconception and it's not real no i didn't know that yeah we've been told lies i am here to reveal the truth around the big lies we've been told growing up well this is good i mean it's one of the things that president biden called for as he called for truth and so we're going to start injecting our podcast with truth and the place that we're going to start by golly is on the map of the tongue that's right so i just want to let you guys know because i know you were wondering that the tongue map is actually a common misconception um and all of our tongue creates all of the tastes the sour the sweet the salty i just again i felt like we've been bamboozled and it's time we bring it to the light and there you have it a tongue map tongue map cat did your parents teach you about the birds and the bees you know i don't really remember how i learned about the birds and the bees um i remember that that my mom explained to me um how to deal with things like menstruation You know, we talked about that, but I don't know that I ever recall having um, specific in-depth conversations about the birds and the bees. How about you? No, but you saying menstruation, (laughs) sorry, Jimmy, um, made me think about um, there is a new commercial for tampons that is that the phrase they use is what the gush. No. Yeah. No. And the whole commercial is talking about, you know, when the gush happens, be prepared. And they use the word gush. I think that's terrible. Gush. Yeah. I think that that's terrible. It's actually. Why is it terrible? I mean, it's a little off, but I don't. Like, why can't we talk about that? Like, men have stuff for their ball sweat. <laughs> well, not on TV commercials. Sure, they do. Like Old Spice or something? No, it's like. um Super glide or something like that. It's called body glide. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's it's the stuff you 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 spread it on there so it's slickery. <laughs> I used your word <laughs> when they're running so that they don't get chafed. It's it's truly called super slide or or mega slide or man slide. Body glide. I I want to know what cable channels you are watching that have these commercials <laughs> because they're not the same ones I'm watching. Well, maybe not on your documentary about near-death experiences. (laughs) Not the super slide. So the reason I ask about the birds and the bees is I had a a friend over and I asked her and Sarah, I was like, hey, did you guys, were you taught like, oh, this goes here and that goes there? (laughs) (laughs) 
And nobody was. And this is frustrating. And I know I'm on a soapbox about people teaching us things at the wrong damn time. (laughs) But here I go again, because nobody I I didn't get sex ed in school. I don't know why I, I, I wasn't I've heard people saying there's like a banana and a condom and the whole thing. Oh, wow. But nobody really teaches like women like all the different areas. Right. Nobody says, okay, as part of the downtown folds, there are a couple of oh openings my out of which things come. And, and, and it's, it really, it, it's one of those things. It's kind of like we talked about when we talked about um, lies our parents have told us, you know, it's like, you know, my cousin who grew up really believing that his genitals were called a pee dog, a pee dog. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, why is that necessary? Like, why wouldn't that just be called what it is? Well, I guess to my point, I'll try and tell the story without sharing too much. <laughs> but I remember the first time after I had started my period, sorry, the men listening, but go with me. This is what happens to our bodies. I had a pool party and I said to my mom, mom, I want to go to the pool party, but I'm on my period. It sucks. Like, I'm not going to be able to swim. And she's like, oh, but honey, I have a solution for you. And so she brought me an OB tampon. And I had just like it was I was new to the whole period thing. And I hadn't quite dabbled into the tampon area yet. I was stuck on the other things. Right. The Mm -hmm. wings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) If you could see me right now on Zoom, I'm flapping my wings. Um, so my mom was, she gave me an OB tampon. And for the men listening who don't know the difference is the OB doesn't have an applicator. Right. And this is important. And I'm going to try and keep it really like above board here, guys. But my mom was like trying to coach me outside of the bathroom. And she's basically like, honey, you just kind of lay it in there. You just, you you just, (laughs) you know, like you like read the directions. And so I had never used a regular tampon, much less this. Well, and let me stop you there for a second. Like I have read the directions for those before, because I'm curious, like, what does that folded up piece of paper that's folded up 67 times? Like, what does it actually say? And it's very confusing because it shows basically a woman's body but only with one leg yeah it's always got her with the leg hiked up on the on the sink (laughs) and it's even at 12 i wasn't able to get my leg up there okay (laughs) so i'm not sure how they apparently it's just for acrobats (laughs) but (laughs) yeah so this is a whole situation my mom's out there and she's like you know just just you know and you know she's doing her best coaching me and so I, I think I've, I've done it. Like I, she's like, do you have any pain? I'm like, no, like, yeah, it was pretty simple, mom. So I go <laughs> to this pool party thinking like, man, my mom just freaking saved the day. I get to swim. And I dove in with my friends and did a cannonball. <laughs> and sure enough, I thought there's a little snake next to me. And I was like, dear God, what is that? And I grabbed it. Cause as soon as I saw it, I knew what it was. And I stuck it like up in the corner of my bathing suit and I got out of that pool as fast as I could. (laughs) 
Because that thing was not where it needed to be. <laughs> Moms, please teach your kids how to use tampons properly. I know it's awkward. I know it's got to be hard. But gosh, what what's more awkward, teaching your child how to properly use a tampon or having your child having a traumatic experience like what Moose just described? Come on, I mean, moms. this is why I'm having to go on a personal retreat, y'all. Pray for me. <laughs> I got to unpack all the trauma that went into that. I recognize that that has nothing to do with the birds and the bees, but we were talking about the same downtown. Yes. So that's where that came from. So go back to the birds and the bees. Why did you ask that question? Well, I just, I, I think that not every person understands their body until they're in their twenties and they figure it out themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, we got to do a better job of not being afraid to talk about our bodies to our kids Mm -hmm. and also teach them. Like, I think so many parents are afraid we're going to have sex if we talk about sex, you know? And it's like, actually, I feel like the more educated you are, the better decisions you're going to make based on what you want out of your life. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I was just talking with friends and I was like, man, I think it's bizarre. Like my friend, her parents didn't even bring up the birds and the bees. Like just, acted like it wasn't a part of life (laughs) just move along there you go go on to college well speaking of our bodies and and what we can learn from them i'm learning in this season of life how important listening to our bodies is and you know your body has so much wisdom inside of it that you can learn from like if you've got a shoulder that's hurting there's a reason for that if you've got you know a catch in your hip there's a reason for that and and obviously like i'm not a doctor or anything Thing like that, but there are people who are experts in these areas that can help you learn to listen to your body. So I am really a huge advocate for learning about and listening to your body because as a 45 year old woman, I feel like I am just now exploring what it means to listen to my body and what it has to say to me and the wisdom in my body. And I'm going, gosh, if I could have paid attention to that and listened to that when I was in my teenage years, in my twenties and in my thirties, like I might possibly be the Buddha right now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a long list of those things we, we, we need to be taught. And I think sometimes it gets thrown into the woo woo category. And I, I think that's silly because honestly, like I, I feel like, um, I feel like we should be teaching about what addiction is in high school, Mm -hmm. you know, and and saying like, hey, just so you know, some of us are naturally predispositioned to have a major issue around food or alcohol or drugs or whatever it is. Like, I remember the D.A.R.E. program, you know, what was that? What did that stand for? Um, don't drivers don't against reckless endangerment. Um, <laughs> dare was drugs are, I don't, what does dare stand Dr- for? Drugs are your game. No producer. Sarah will tell us. Dare stands for drug abuse, resistance, education. I remember I bought producer Sarah a dare t-shirt one time. That is so cool. But I loved dare. However, I, all I remember is like, don't whatever you do, don't like, and it, there was never any opportunity to um, to uh, ask curious questions, you know, mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, my parents have alcohol every once in a while. Like, does that mean it's completely bad, you mm-hmm. know, and having a healthy conversation around addiction, I think, would be important, especially as a teenager. 
Yeah, I think that is really important. And one thing you you mentioned a minute ago that um, listening to the body and the wisdom of the body can sometimes be viewed and, and maybe even there are misconceptions out there that that make it sound like kind of a woo woo thing. And one of the things that I'm learning in school is that if you if you learn about your body and it feels like a woo woo thing, there is also a scientific factual evidentiary thing that you can find about that. So it might seem a little bit woo woo, but for example, I am in a class right now where I'm learning about kinesiology and that's basically like the movement of the body and how it moves. And you can actually, if you have a weak muscle, you can manipulate that muscle in a certain way to make it temporarily strong by pushing on different points of the muscles. So literally my, in, in class the other night, my middle trapezius muscle, which is in the middle of my back, it tested as weak. And so my teacher showed the rest of the class by manipulating my muscle with her hands for about 30 seconds. She did the muscle test again and that muscle became strong. And that is wow. scientific evidence. That is not woo woo. And some people might say, well, the energy came back to your back and it's like, whatever, like whatever you want to call it, whatever floats your your boat, but don't discount it as something that's not real because I'm here to tell you it's real. Well, I'm I'm learning that all the woo-woo things are what feel the most real to me when it comes to my value system. Mm. You know, like I I forever like I would have never even been open to the idea of reincarnation. And I'm not saying it is what it is, but I, I'm I'm so curious about it. Like I'm so fascinated with the connection between so many people and I'm with you. I think there's so much science, so much kinetic energy mm-hmm. that can happen between uh, us and our body. If we choose to, you know, be present in it. And let me tell you, I am the worst at this and I often have to crash before I realize something's wrong with my body. So this is a lesson I am still learning. And so are you going to take a break moose? I'm taking a break. I am going to go away For a total of 10 days. So what happens to the podcast if you're on vacation? Is it going to be me and producer Sarah? No, here's the good news. We are going to record the day before it comes out. So I will be back on that Sunday. So we will not miss an episode. Oh, I'm so glad. Okay, so I know that we we make a, a pretty concerted effort to not spend a ton of time on politics on our podcast because there's a lot of people out there who are way more educated about it than we are. I do want to talk about one of my favorite moments of the inauguration ceremony, and that was the poet laureate Amanda Gorman. I thought she was stunning. Oh, my gosh. Me, too. Sarah and I were captivated by her poem. And I I just realized when I looked her up that she is the youngest person to ever deliver a poem at the U.S. presidential inauguration. I just wanted to say when we were watching the news um, and one of the anchors was talking about her right after uh, she had done her poem and she was saying how she had only been about halfway through the writing of this poem um, when the insurrection happened on the 6th and uh, apparently she had finished writing the whole thing that evening. And so like basically the second half of this poem was written all in one night wow. in kind of honor and or passion about um, what happened on the 6th. That's incredible. Wow. My favorite uh, line, and we're going to actually leave uh, you guys with that poem at the end of this episode Um, But one of my favorite lines is just at the end where she says, uh, the new dawn blooms as we free it. 
Mm. For there is always light. If only we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it. Man, that last line, I literally like stood up from my couch and like <laughs> threw my fist in the air. I thought that was so beautiful. It was incredible. And she was such a beautiful young woman. And the way she addressed President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris, which isn't it nice just to be able to say that? It, it is. And I also really appreciated that she said President Biden, Dr. Biden, Yes. Kamala Harris, Mr. You know, like the way that she articulated that I thought was really, really honoring to everybody. Amanda Gorman, we think you are amazing. And everyone check out her poem, The Hill We Climb. Mr. President, Dr. Biden, Madam Vice President, Mr. Emhoff, Americans and the world. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace. And the norms and notions of what just is, isn't always just is. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. And yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine, but that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that is perfect. We are striving to forge our union with purpose, to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gazes not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first. We must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true. That even as we grieved, we grew. That even as we hurt, we hoped. That even as we tired, we tried. That we'll forever be tied together, victorious. Not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made. That is the promised glade, the hill we climb, if only we dare it. Because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. And this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never 
be permanently defeated. In this truth, in this faith we trust, for while we have our eyes on the future, history has its eyes on us. This is the era of just redemption. We feared it at its inception. We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour, but within it we found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter to ourselves. So while once we asked, how could we possibly prevail over catastrophe? Now we assert, how could catastrophe possibly prevail over us? We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be, a country that is bruised, but whole, benevolent, but bold, fierce, and free. We will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens, but one thing is certain. If we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left with every breath from my bronze-pounded chest. We will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the west. We will rise from the wind-swept northeast where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked south. We will rebuild reconcile and recover in every known nook of our nation, in every corner called our country, our people diverse and beautiful will emerge battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step out of the shade of flame and unafraid, the new dawn blooms as we free it. For there is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. Producer Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Cat and Moose is a BP production.